Welcome to another episode of the Bart Dane Show. I'm Dane. And I'm Bart, a gov- uh, <laughs> government. Wow. <laughs> An episode that once again tells us that government's corrupt. People crazy and God is right. And yes, I've... You're, you're excited about our guest today, aren't I you? I really am excited. I haven't seen Joe in a long time. We have uh, we have Joe Ross with us. He's I'll retired. I said Stacy Joe. Huh? <laughs> You'll have Stacy Joe and Joe. Stacy Joe and Joe. Yeah. Yeah. So, um... um Joe is the one that talks like a girl. No, I was kidding. <laughs> anyway, he's a retired detective uh, captain of the Ironton Police Department. And uh, we're going to talk about, um, you know, Second Amendment. We're going to talk about um, a lot of stuff here that uh, that I'm interested in. So, uh, Joe, how you doing? I'm doing good. Glad to be here today. Yeah, we're man, so glad to have you. Um, and we have Stacy Joe here. Present. Present teacher. All right. So, um just uh just to get into this a little bit um joe was talking about some uh some stuff that uh like um let, let's talk a little bit let's start let's start here let's talk about defunding the police i've had um and i've said that on the show one time um and the reason that i said it is i get nervous when um who's going to come and take our guns from us you know what i'm saying right but um tell us what that is really about well, you know, when people talk about defunding the police, what they're actually talking about is everybody gets scared and says, oh, my gosh, we're not going to have a police force. What these people are shooting for when they say we're going to defund the police is actually what it says. They want to take the funds away from the police. Um, they want mandated training given how they want it. You know, right. um, they want all this uh, training that the, that the police has been trained in before. Uh, they want all this new training to fit how they want the police to act with society instead of how society should act with the police. Right. Um, it's just, it's funny to me that we spend um, millions of dollars trying to teach the police how to interact with the public when we should be teaching the public how to interact with the police. Um, everybody has a different way a good point. of interacting with the police. Um, you know, when I growing up, and I'm sure everybody sitting right here is just about my age, you know, we was taught to respect the police, sure. uh, you know, and honor the police. But it seems like in today's time, uh, you know, no one respects the police. No one wants to be the police. Uh, no one wants to help the police. When I hired in at the Ironton Police Department in 1996, um, there was over 100 people that had put in applications to be a police officer. <clears throat> we took a civil service test. Uh, I think I scored like 12 on the civil, 12 on the civil service test. And people were striving to get these jobs. They only hired five of us. Um, Six months ago, when I retired, October 1st, uh, 2021, uh, we had uh, tried to find, give out applications to replace me as a police officer there. We had one person put an application in. Wow. So we went, you know, in, in 25 years, we've went from 120 people trying to get a police job to one person. Right. That person <clears throat> never worked out, and to this day, they have never replaced me at the Arlington Police Department because they cannot find police officers now. Right. I want to get back to the, the defund the police, but what you said about the public interacting with the police, that's hence why we have the, the Michael Browns, mm-hmm. the George Floyds of the world. Um, you know, I know you want to you know, speak about Michael Brown. I mean, that's a great topic of how, right, what you're talking right, about. Right, right. Um, you know, if we go back to 2014 uh, when the Michael Brown shooting took place, you know, we had, of course, President Obama was the president, and we had Eric Holder who was the attorney general. attorney general and he actually is the number one police officer in the United States. There's no one, there's no higher ranking law enforcement officer than Eric Holder. Right. right. So when the shooting took place, um, the, uh, Eric Holder automatically jumped into the investigation of the Michael Brown case, which you have a U.S. attorney general <clears throat> jumping into a state investigation. Yes. Now, typically that does not happen. Right. So, Automatically, people are looking at this and saying, "What's the problem? Why doesn't the federal government trust our state investigators? You know, the the, the prosecutors, the um, grand jury." And so, when Eric Holder steps in and he makes his trip to Ferguson, you know, then all these people gathering around him and he's giving statements like, "We want to be transparent. We want to make sure things go right." Well, he hadn't even given a chance to go right. When he stepped in, everybody then doubted, oh, there must be something wrong mm-hmm. or the federal government wouldn't be here to start with. Right. So that, I think, kind of snowballed Obama and Eric Holder. It kind of 
snowball this effect of not trusting the police um, and not respecting the police. Also not helping the race war very much either. You know, I listened to uh, President Obama's speech, I believe it was in September, uh, after the grand jury had come out um, with their decision not to indict the police officer. In that speech today I listened to, um, President Obama mentioned Michael Brown's name five times. Not one time did he mention the police officer's name. Um, sorry for what he had to go through. Uh, I'm sorry for his family, his kids, mm-hmm. of what this police officer had to go to. Not one time did he mention him. But but didn't Michael Brown obey all the uh, requests by the cops like, stop? No. <laughs> well, you know, I, I believe from looking at the, at the shooting day, the, the officer shot 12 or 14 times at Michael Brown, and he was hit um, in the front. Also, he was hit six times. Um, there was actually three autopsies done on Michael Brown. The state done their autopsy. The family called in an independent autopsy to do the second one. And then Eric Holder requested a federal autopsy take place. Like the one they did on Kennedy. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, so sorry. <laughs> there again, you know, you've got, you've got the federal government stepping in saying, okay. we don't really trust the state's autopsy. Yeah. We want to make sure this is done right. And see, there again, you're putting the doubt in people's minds about trusting the police, trusting, trusting the system. And the narrative that came out, you know, with uh, with the major, you know, news networks about how, you know, a white police officer killing a black man. Correct. Which was nothing, had nothing to do with it. Well, you know, reading, you know, reading up on the subject today is before I got here. I mean, every time that I read a story, it was always the white police officer that shot the black man. Sure. You know I mean. Um, even after uh, the, the grand jury had come out and said the police officer, they failed to indict the police officer, even after that, there were still statements made by President Obama, by Eric Holder, you know, who upheld, you know, that the police maybe had done something wrong. Uh, and, you know, that you just can't have that by your leadership. You know, that's where the trust starts. Well, um, that's something that um, the Obama administration inserted themselves in several of those investigations. Yes. One, I can't remember the, the whole story on it, is a beer summit involved uh, when they were wrong to start with mm-hmm. and they were placing blame before the investigation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and they, they have a history of doing that. And it also, you know, it never came out that, you know, the guy that was with Michael Brown that day, he actually, he ended up lying, they catched him in lies. Uh, there were several witnesses that said they was there and saw that that actually had to admit, no, we wasn't there, we didn't see that. And they mm-hmm. caught those guys in lies, Yeah, you know. And what, what the, the police officer said, and on the other police officers, they the investigation drew out that they was perfectly fine with what they said and everything they said coincided with that investigation. Yeah. With your experience as a, as a police officer, I'm sure you've been in those moments before. I mean, you know, Ironton's not a <clears throat> big town, but you know, mm-hmm. the tri-state area's big. You've got people coming in. Was there anything incorrectly done by that police officer well you know i not playing armchair quarterback but. sure um i would i just want to go back to when I, I tried to put myself in a police officer's place okay right it's got to the point now these days when i'm stepping out of my car when i'm pulling a car over i'm questioning myself oh my gosh you know do i do i need to pull my gun do i am i going to, have to shoot this guy you know am i if this guy's black or if he's hispanic or whatever he is am i going to do something wrong and be held accountable for it mm-hmm. so you've got these police officers out here on the streets and people wonder why they go off you know in a high intense situation you know you've got people out here carrying guns and ARs and stuff shooting at the police and then you go back to that and you and you're questioning yourself you got about 2 to 3 seconds to make a decision when you walk up on a car and all this stuff is going through your head. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, you know, with the Michael Brown case, Michael Brown had actually reached into the car and grabbed a hold of the police officer. Sure did. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> grabbed him a hold of him and said, you know, you don't have the balls to shoot me. And that's where the, you know, the DNA showed Michael Brown's DNA was on his gun, is inside his car. Uh, you know, but, you know, the story that was told uh, and the favorite, the famous quote, you know, hands up. Hands up. Yeah. yeah so that was where that quote come from right. hands up don't shoot but it wasn't it was just brought out basically about you know what michael brown had done and not about what the police officer done right but what the police officer done wrong and to yeah. me the system had already convicted that police officer right. before the grand jury even took place yeah i asked the wrong question i didn't i didn't ask it correctly you're right um it's never i've never seen 
cops don't want to escalate the situation. They don't want to make it a high stress situation. Exactly. That just doesn't. It doesn't happen. Always, who makes it the high stress situation is always the perpetrator. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I never got out of bed on a Monday morning or Tuesday morning and put my bulletproof vest on in my uniform and said, you know, I'm, I think I'm gonna go out and shoot somebody today. There you go. That never happens. It never goes through my mind. Right. Um, even when I give my CCW classes, I teach people. I say, look, I'm gonna give you something today that I hope you never have to use. Um, I've taught the CCW class for about 15 to 17 years. Um, I have had a couple people that has shot and killed people in my class. One was a legit shoot and one was a murder. Mm. Uh, so um, a lot of responsibility with the CCW, you know, given that. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm a firm believer, you know, I think everybody uh, in the United States ought to have the ability that is legal to carry a firearm. Should Charles Manson have a gun? Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> he asked that. He asked that question to me, and you know, I think uh, not to redo the the last week's podcast, but you know, your first uh, inclination is like no, but you know, we don't have that crystal ball. I mean, to know who he was going to turn out to be. So, um, what do you think about uh, what do you think about that? I mean, as far as um, I know, there's laws in the book, and there's some debate about shall not be, inf be infringed, the red flag laws, mm -hmm. which scare me to death, mm -hmm. stuff like that. Well, you know, I hear everybody talk about the red flags and and law, and the society wants to blame mental health on everything. Right everything, now. right? You know, so our, my question is, how do you treat mentally ill people? Um, how do you ever teach them not to go off and kill people? You know, uh, we can blame the guns, we can blame uh, mentally ill, you know, we can blame every, everything that you want to blame. But I said, you know, I put a, a thing on Facebook the other day that until our country and our administration and our president and our senators and congressmen, until they find that our children is more important than the foreign countries that they're sending millions and millions of dollars to, mm -hmm. it's not right. going to change. Right. You can outlaw guns, right. you can red flag everything you want. Right. Uh, the $44 billion or million dollars are sending over to Ukraine, that would put three to four police officers I've seen in every school. Stacey, you had that, uh, you had that stat. It was four. Was, or four. It, was, it 400, would place $400,000 in each school district. Right. It was, it was, a, great, it was a great stat. It was like at, what, 138,000 K-12 schools in the, the United States? It, it turned out to be, I think you said, 140,000, 144,000. Since we're talking about that, I, I, I hadn't had much to say. Sorry, had, man. I haven't been able to get in edgewise here, but I don't know if most people know, uh, we actually had a shooting here in Charleston not too long ago. Mm -hmm. Actually, I think it happened like the day after. Of it was the, right about the time that we were doing that podcast. I want yeah. to stop you. I read that as a, it happened in Huntington. I'm glad you said that. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, well, anyway. You, didn't Rhonda pull that up and you read something and right. said it was Huntington, but the news said there was another one in it, Charleston. It was, was Charleston. Was Lanes. Was it across lanes? West yeah. Virginia. So it's two separate. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Two well, separate. Go and, ahead. And the, and the guy that uh, – actually, what I read was he went through a neighborhood really fast in his car, and they mm -hmm. yelled at him to slow down. Mm -hmm. He came back with a AR and started shooting. And uh, there was another person there that had – A lady. Legally. Yeah. Lady. She, she pulled her gun out and killed him. Yes. And uh, – All the single ladies. That's they, right. They never said <laughs> – if she was white or black, I'm assuming she's black, but they said, you know, they showed the picture of the guy and he was black. So since that didn't meet the narrative, it didn't make national news. Mm -hmm. but, yeah, have you had heard anything at all about that? Yeah, I, I, you had to hunt for it to find it. But yes. what's, what's the deal, which I understand the power of an AR, but that's what everybody keeps talking about, not just here, but like all over the news. And then Kamala, our president, you know, vice president, special she was, yes, yeah, special K. She was talking about it when she was getting on her Air Force Two the other day, and she was talking about the AR and how they want to ban the AR. If somebody's going to have a gun, what makes a difference? Well, I said it last podcast. You can't. And this thing, Joe was kind of going there about you can't legislating morality. You can't do it. Mm -hmm. There's no possible way. We have laws against robbery. We have laws against shooting people. We have laws against. You know what? It, but people can do it. You can't legislate it. I mean, it's there. You can you can make laws, but you I know. I mean, I don't care if it's an AR or a rifle or a revolver or. Well, that's the thing. There's whatever. so many there's so many rifles out there. Yeah. Just because it's not styled in that AR look, uh, I mean, you you have even more. You know, I can go out and buy a fifty caliber. Joe is AR fifteen assault weapon. Yes. You think it is? Well, what the, what they what the big deal is on the AR is that it, it causes so much damage, and it's got the high capacity magazines. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you put a thirty or fifty round magazine in there, you can empty that in a matter of seconds, 
reload that um, magazine and shoot 50 more. So you've shot 100 rounds. You know, I think it said without the bump stock and everything, you can shoot an AR 60 rounds in a minute. Mm -hmm. That's one every second. Guy in Las Vegas shooter proved that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That was the, he had a bump stock though. Bump stock, yeah. right? Yeah. But I've seen on the news the other day, you, uh, approximately pull off the trigger one one every second, so it's about 60 rounds. Right. But it's the damage that the AR does. They had a special in 60 minutes the other day. <clears throat> it's actually the damage that the AR does to the human tissue that that makes it so bad. Okay. Well, that's so, good to know. Yeah. yeah. Um. Shall that be infringed? Well, you know, like I said before, um, <laughs> you know, I, when I was a police officer, um, I was kind of divided on, you know, some of the things that I think, man, do, <clears throat> I'm, I'm trying to question myself about how do we stop this? You know what I mean? Um, how, do we, how do we control this? And, you know, from being, after retiring as a police officer, and being out in the public and talking to people, you know, it seems like that, that everybody that is in it has these shootings, uh, they bought these guns legally, you know what I mean? Right. And it wouldn't have been any different if, if the, the shooter from uh, the other day would have would have run in and, and stabbed 16 children and killed it. Would we, would we even be talking about it? And by the way, with the a guy, knife? that guy from Charleston, he was a felon and wasn't supposedly allowed to have right. any weapons. But it didn't stop him. That's, that's exactly what I'm saying. Right. You yeah. can outlaw guns, and you know the old saying, only outlaws will have the guns. Right. I don't think that's the answer. You know, no. I really don't. No. Um, so I don't know what the answer is. I mean, it's um, like I said, you, you're going to have to invest uh, more into your, you know, everybody says, oh, we want more police officers in the schools. Well, <clears throat> you don't see, you don't see these gunmen running into a police department with uh, 25 officers sitting at the lunch table with loaded ARs and pistols because he knows what's going to happen. Yeah, he wants to go shoot soft targets and, you know, shooting second and third and fourth graders. Right. That's what you said last time. Yeah. yeah. That's going to make, that's his statement he's going to make. Right. Know, and that's, that's what gets the most attention. Right. So, and you know, we, we have mass shootings all the time, but it's, it seems like the one that we hear about the most is, is the racial shootings and the ones that they use the ARs on. Right. Well, and I, I have to say this because they're all up in arms about all these kids being murdered. What about abortion? I mean, my gosh. That's and right. There you go. That's right. murder in itself. It's right. Right. Like, what is it? Virginia governor said they can have the baby and then they'll decide if they want to kill the baby. Yeah. That's murder. Right. Murder, murder. It's no difference. Yeah. How do you compare that? There's something in the liberal brain that just, I don't know if it's the dopamine, the serotonin dumps or what. They just cannot, they can't, they can't understand it. You know, um, I'm with, I'm with you. You know, I know there's a problem, mm -hmm. um, you know, um, but you know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just very firm on the Second Amendment on that. You know, I am too, and I, I, I'm a firm believer we all have the right to bear arms. However, right. uh, being a law enforcement officer for 25, 26 years, I'm a firm believer that you know there has to be some accountability come within the gun. Um, I'm a true believer that they should stop these sales of the guns and stuff at flea markets where there's no traceability whatsoever. What, what good does it do to make me? go legally buy a gun at the gun store when the guy next to me can go over to the flea market somewhere in Ashland or Huntington and buy a handgun over there right. and it's not registered. Right. So, you know, you got to close that loophole. If you're going to do the things right, you have to close that loophole. Um, and I, I, I just don't see um, walking over to the flea market. And I'm, I'm a firm believer also that I think every time a gun changes hands or is sold or anything, there should be some kind of paperwork on it. Um, the Constitution says you have the right to bear arms, but you know there's got to be some accountability also. And I think that's what we're missing, is the accountability with owning a gun. You and know, we don't have that. I got to say this because 90% of the guns I've purchased over the years have no trace, no record right. of. Um, and then when I sold them just recently, there's still no trick. You know, there's no no record or trace. No receipts. Mm -hmm. Right. So I mean, it, that's. And what stops Dane from calling the guy down the street who's a convicted felon and him selling a gun to him? You know what I mean? Right. And so if the guy goes and shoots somebody, they're going to be like, oh, my gosh, Dan, you sold this you know, convicted felon a gun. Right. You know what I mean? So they're going to they're going to prosecute him, too. Right. And he, he may not even know. I think uh, more guns in the hands of people would stop this stuff. I think more guns and more security. Um, there again, if you you can't just expect to take one police officer or one security guard and there again, you know, you see it every day, these schools and colleges and universities and everything, they want to go hire 
a, a security guard and pay him seven dollars an hour to yeah. protect our kids. Right. No training. No, that's with, right. no AR. No nothing. With a with a sidearm. Rent a cop. Yeah. So you got a high school with fifteen hundred kids. Uh-huh. You've got one police officer with a handgun, and this guy comes in with an AR and, and he's supposed to protect our kids. I, I firmly believe that there should be at least three or four police officers in every school. You know, I think they should be trained. Uh, I did see on on thing today on on the news today where Ohio is trying to pass. I think it's Bill ninety nine where it allows the teachers to carry guns in school. Yeah. So they're trying to pass that. I'm, I'm a firm believer. I know in the county here, Rock Hill High School. Yeah, we they, t- yeah they carry guns. Their teachers carry guns in there, which is great. And mm-hmm. I firm believe that I think every every school. And see, that's that's what we talked about. It's a, being a soft target because I think every state in the in the country has that where it's no gun allowed permitted or whatever. So what, the, what do they call that? that there's no not allowed to have guns on the in the school. Well, boundaries. if you look, the only place that the government and the state doesn't want you to take guns is where all the shootings happen. Post offices, schools, courtrooms, courthouses, you know, um, all those places that has signs that says you can't take your gun, that's where the shooting state People like steal thoughts out of my head. <laughs> you just did it. <laughs> you know, that's just because what I was going to say was, you know, we take care of the schools. Mm-hmm. Well, well, they're just going to move to movie theaters. Mm-hmm. And we start, we start, you know, protecting movie theaters. They're just going to go into restaurants or establishments that says no guns allowed, stuff like that. So, you know. Yeah, I see where you're coming from, and you know I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Um, Morgan, I brought up Kennesaw, Georgia, about the uh, um, the citizens' mandate about carrying. It was a city ordinance where they gave guns to their citizens, and mm-hmm. crime went down. Um, so you know we take care of the schools. We just go. We just go to other soft. We just go to other soft targets. Right. Not right. we. They. Right. they, yeah, they go. Well, if you if you back up and you go to you, let's go back to that shooting that day in that school, if you've got a teacher in that school that's armed, and this guy comes in with an AR and she's armed, or the janitor's armed, or anybody's armed, and you know he comes in with his AR and he, he doesn't even shoot or anything yet, and she sees what's going on, she could have shot him and stopped the aggression. They right. may not have killed nobody. Right. But the opportunity wasn't there right. because right they wasn't allowed guns in the school. Right. Right. Which he was wearing body armor, and you know that you don't. I, I said this before. You don't know what you're going to do until you're put in that situation. Mm-hmm. You know, you can say I, I'll push the button, I'll do this, I'll pull the trigger, but when it comes right down to it, you know, I mean, a lot of times, especially when you're talking about higher uh, police forces and stuff, when they when they go through training, they go through that, you know, to try to to, to weed those people out to say, you know, see if. Mm-hmm. You're going to be able to make it, you know, right. hack the training and be able well, to. Well, and we go back to that shooting that day. We know where the, the police stood outside for 58 minutes, an hour. Yeah. yeah. You know, ever since Columbine happened in 99, 2000, um, even at the Ironton Police Department, we was retrained. The first person there is supposed to enter the building. If you're by yourself and you got a handgun, hey, that's what we signed up for. That's what we're going to do. Wow. Good. We was actually trained. So we don't stand outside and wait anymore. We go in that building and we fight the aggression. So if I believe if they would have probably went in, because I'm not judging them, I wasn't there. But we are taught now that when the first person gets there, he goes in. When the second person goes in, the third person, we don't stand outside of the huddle like a football team anymore and wait to go inside that school. That was a big mistake, I believe, on the on the police chief. Yeah. He's the one that made the decision over there. Um, I believe that was a, a bad mistake. I understand that this guy's inside shooting out. Okay. But, you know, you have to go inside that school and stop that aggression. I don't know. I haven't seen the numbers of how many kids was killed after right, 20 right, minutes, 30 right. minutes. I don't know. Yeah. They haven't released that yet. That he may have shot them all at the yeah. first three minutes. That, you know, yeah, you know the, the analogy of the football in the hoe, you just had to bring that up, didn't you? <laughs> you had to. <laughs> yeah, I had to bring that up. You know. <laughs> yeah, we'll tell that story later, maybe. But, yeah, I, you know, but it's, it's real good to have – um, law enforcement's not only opinion, their their views, because you've seen things that we haven't seen. Right. You know, you've been in situations that we haven't we haven't been in, mm-hmm. and you know, I can sit here, you know, Stacy and Dane, we can sit here and say, you know, but when you're actually in that situation, it's good. To, it's good to get that that perspective. I'll give you an example real fast. We're talking about. Um, I gave a CCW to to a seventy year old lady. Um, and six months later, she was up in Columbus in a hotel room 
uh, they had the door open. <clears throat> it was kind of hot outside. Um, there was a gentleman walked inside, had a gun. She packed a large weapon too, didn't she? Yes. And <laughs> he walked in and said, pulled a gun out and said, you know how the game's played. Give me all your money. So she's 70 years old. Let grandma. me teach a new game. Her, grand, her grandkids <laughs> and, and her granddaughter and stuff's in that room. And so she says, you know, she called me right after happened. She goes, Joe, I was scared to death. She goes, but she said, I wrenched down and my purse was on the floor and she unzipped her purse. And she, she said, the only thing I could think of the whole time was say, well, I was thinking, yes, I know how this game's played. I know how this game's played. Mm-hmm. So he's standing there with a the gun on her and she reaches down and gets a 357 out of her purse. Yeah. 357. Yes. <laughs> and as she stands up, she turns around and shoots him in the chest. Yeah. And he staggers back about 40 steps and and yeah. dies in the parking lot. She look at him and say, I know in all this confusion, I kind of lost track myself. <laughs> <laughs> but Holy she, cow. She was up there for a rodeo, wasn't she? Yeah, uh, Court Horse Congress. Okay, yeah. And I, I'm a, a firm believer that if she had not had that gun that right. day, right. he would have, He was uh, wanted out of Missouri on a, on a felony warrant. He was a fugitive. Right. Uh, I believe that he probably would have shot and killed people that day. Who shouldn't have had a gun? Right. right. That's exactly right. right. But he did. But he did. Right. You know, because yeah. it's a... It's outlawed for criminals to have guns, so sure. he shouldn't have had one. Right, they got one anyway. Yeah, right. um, tell yeah, um, tell us about your uh, CCW class. I know you were taught that the the law in Ohio is getting ready to change here. You want to yes. speak about that a little bit? Yeah, um, like I said, I've been doing this CCW classes almost fifteen years, and uh, man, it has it changed a lot. When I first started doing a CCW class, um, there wasn't any. Uh, hardly any states in the United States that had reciprocity with Ohio for the CCW. And so as we as we move on down, you know, uh, laws change every year, every year, every year. Um, and now, you know, there are, uh, there's, I think, 28, 30 states in the United States now that has reciprocity with Ohio. Right, you know, right. So you right. can carry that. Um, you know, and our, our great governor, he's um, he has uh, signed a bill, I think, takes place June the 13th, that if you um, legally carry a gun in the state of Ohio, you no longer have to have that CCW permit, and you can carry it concealed. Also in that law is that if you have a handgun in your car, you do not have to tell the police now anymore that you have a, a gun in your car. Well, I do that just out of, right. you know, respect and, you right. know. I really don't like that part of that law. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. And I, I'm, I'm with you on the respect. Just out of respect, I'm letting him know that, you know. The high-stress situation you were talking about, yes. to get yes. that down. <laughs> right, right, right. So I don't, you know, I don't see there's a problem of announcing to the police officer that, um, you know, I got a gun in the car. Just Right, but if you would carry across the river to, say, Kentucky here mm-hmm. or still to West Virginia, you still need a CCW. Yes. It just applies for the state of Ohio. <clears throat> the federal government was trying to do a constitutional carry where all the states would get together and say, let's do a constitutional carry and let's all recognize each other. So let's just say you took a CCW class in Ohio and you had your permit or whatever, um, then they was trying to say, okay, that's good for every state. Right. Couldn't get every state on board. I heard there was a, a gentleman in, in Portsmouth that was teaching a class to get a Utah, something about the state of Utah, there was more mm-hmm. reciprocity with, yes. with I don't know if that's true. but Well, you can, <laughs> um, you know, there. I, I know guys here in, in Ohio that teach this at Kentucky and West Virginia CCW, you know what I'm saying? You can also get certified there. If you, and there is ways that you can get a, uh, you can go get a non-resident Utah and, you know, they may, uh, other states may recognize Utah that don't recognize Ohio. Right. I think that was the, yes. yeah. So that is true. Yes. Yeah. So. Hmm. Interesting. Hey, um. Meanwhile, <laughs> tell you. Meanwhile, uh, back at the farm. You know, we were talking about Chicago a little bit earlier, and and um, in 2021, uh, they took in a record. I think it was 12. Let me look at that. So I don't. Yeah. I don't want to say. Why you look at that? I was telling you earlier about Jackson, Mississippi. Have you heard? Uh, had a guy tell me today that Jackson, Mississippi, um, their, you know, uh, murders. Um, what, what were we talking about before? What constitute a, constitutes a mass shooting? Right. Their mass shooting was a lot higher than uh, Chicago. I don't know if you've heard anything about that. I haven't. No. Yeah. <clears throat> well, anyway, they took twelve thousand guns off the street on and, a give back program. Uh, yeah, in uh, 2021, and you know, you think about that, and they had uh, what? I don't have that here. Do I have that it here? Just in Chicago. Yeah, just in Chicago. Um, so, what happens to those guns when they give them back? They destroy them. 
Supposed to. Yeah, they pay you for... Like, they crush them in an elevator shaft or something? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Smelting. <laughs> they were involved in a terrible smelting accident. <laughs> I believe they're shipping them all to Ukraine now. I'm not sure what <laughs> Probably. You're now. probably right about that. Um, something that they were showing there is uh, almost 800 homicides in 2021. Um, but, you know, just like last weekend uh, in Chicago, there were 50 shots. I don't know what that actually means, but nine died. So I guess 50 different people were shot, but only nine of them died. Now you think about that. I mean, I, who wants to live in Chicago? Mm -hmm. um, you had some stats on there, how it broke down for precincts and stuff, but. I did, but um, you, you, I, 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 we'll do that another day. Left in your car. Yeah, <laughs> in the sorry. car. Joe, what does constitute a mass shooting? I think we talked about that yeah. earlier. I think they consider that four people or more. Four or more. They're considered a mass shooting. Right, that's um, what. What was the so stat on that? There was you were talking about how many was was that? Uh, I forgot. I looked it up a little ago. Yeah, it said we've already had two hundred and thirty mass shootings in the United States already this year. Right, it was something like that. It was, it's kind of like wow, that's that's a high number. How many have you heard about? Maybe three or four that the pro high profile ones. Right, yeah, mm -hmm. the ones that involve either race or gun grabs. Exactly. That's the one you hear about. Mm -hmm. Well, it's like we said, if they fit the narrative. If they fit the narrative, then they're going to publicize it like crazy. Right. Um, any high-stress situations that you, were, that you were in that you just thought, wow. It does say, for mass shootings, homicide incidents involving four or more victims at one or more locations close to one another is considered a mass shooting. Mass shooting. Now, you said two earlier, all fair. I don't think I said four. I don't Did you? Saying two. Now, <laughs> as far as your high stress, I, I think I know what his high stress is right now. It's where to eat lunch at. Yeah, that's, that's my high stress situation. <laughs> I've, I've been in high stress situations. I mean, um, you know, if you go back and look at, um, they interview police officers after shootings, high stress situations. Um, and it's, it's really hard to explain to you unless you've ever been in a I know we've all been in high stress situations. Not like that. But we've never been in a life and death high stress situation. So when they interview the police officers after a shooting or after a fight or anything, so when they sit you down and, and interview you, um, some of the police officers don't know how many shots they fired. Um, they don't know even if they shot their gun. Right. And of course you think they're lying. You know, surely to God, you see it on TV, you have to know. Be accountable for every shot fired. Right. 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 Um, I've been on high stress situations where I've, I've run to calls where, you know, we, uh, a murder had just taken place or I've got a guy down, you know, uh, sh shots have been fired. This guy's laying down there. I've been on those and I'll tell you the truth when, you know, running lights and sirens, I'm getting there. And after it's all over with, I'm thinking, I don't even remember running to that call. Yeah. I just remember being there. And then I'm thinking, I'm trying to recall what's going on because your adrenaline is just so high. Mm -hmm. And then. Uh, especially like in a speed chase. If you, if you speed chase, you're drilling, you're talking on that radio. Um, I've been in speed chases before where after it's done, just to get a adrenaline drop in your head just starts pounding so bad uh, but just because you're drilling so high. Right. But I have been in situations, you know, where I've had my gun out and thought, man, I keep thinking this is it, this is it, I'm going to shoot this guy. Um, you know, one of my um, my buddies that, that work at the Sheriff's Department, uh, Jamie Prud, he's from up around here, he, actually did have to use lethal force you know and it affected him um sure the rest of his life i mean yeah. he um he has a hard time with it uh, if you ask him he says he don't but I, I worked with him for a long time he was a detective with me but i seen how it affected his 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 life and his attitude and, and you know what his surroundings around him uh so you know once you have those situations um and stacy can uh, contest this we've you know i, I worked at children's services for a while um, I went to uh, uh, a scene one day where we had a, uh, a two-year-old who had uh, OD'd on heroin um, and was deceased. And, you know, that stuff like that, uh, you never forget. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and we, you know, I've talked to her a little bit about, I guess, just um, feelings and stuff that I've, I've went through um, since that incident took place, especially working at children's services around other children and stuff, you know, it, it's a long lasting effect in your yeah. lifetime. Yeah. You guys, I'm going to, I want to ask him some stuff, but I mean, just, uh, if you guys got anything, I, I just kind of want to uh, ask Go him. Ahead. You got, okay. Whatever. We were, we were talking about uh, 
defunding the police. And I, I see what you're saying. Obviously, you know, I've said I've made that statement on here that I was for mm-hmm. it. I mean, I'm just going to tell you, <clears throat> but not in the context. I, I believe what everybody thinks. Um, it scares me with this gun grab, and you know, you see all the legislation coming out. You know, and I'm, I'm thinking, well, who's going to come and get these guns? Mm-hmm. I mean. What about some of the people you worked with? Do you think, um, I mean, I, I don't expect you, not, it's not a courtroom. I'm not trying to get you to talk for anybody else. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's the thing. It's like, who's, well, who's going to, you know, when this law comes down, who's going to enforce this? Mm-hmm. Well, they're going to have the police departments do it. Well, I sorry, mean, Joe. I, <laughs> sorry, man. I hear, uh, I've heard it for years. I mean, yeah. I hear everybody say, you know, they're, you're not going to come get my gun. But, right. you know, I've, I've, I'm 56 years old, and not one time has anybody knocked on my door and said, hey, I'm here to get your gun. Right. Okay. Right. So, and, you know, it, I work down there with 19 police officers, and I'm going to tell you, if you ask 19 police officers, yeah. do you want to go get anybody's gun? They're going to tell you no. No. They want the public to have guns, you know. I mean, um, so I don't think that the police uh, would ever come and get your gun. Now, you know, if you're fighting with your wife or domestic, we we have to oh, yeah, people's guns, sure, uh, for safekeeping. And then, you know, we would always give them back to a different family member that wasn't inside the house after the judge would release them back after a cool period. You know what I'm saying? But very seldom um, would I take anybody's guns or guns at the Iron Police Department where I would say you're never getting your gun back again. Do you, do you see um, legislation like that realistically coming down? I do not. You do not. I do not see that. Um, you know, when we talk about defunding the police, we talked a little bit earlier about what actually that meant. Right, you right. Know, and so what, when these people want to defund the police, they want to take the funding away from the police, not naturally that they want to get rid of the police. Everybody thinks that. But right. they want to take the... They want to take the money for the training, yeah. you know, for the equipment. Um, they want to do with, do away with the tear gas, which they've already done that. You know what I'm saying? They took tear gas away from it? Yeah, in some states you can't use tear gas in, in, in the riots and stuff. You know, you can't use that anymore. Um, you know, they don't want the police to dress up in uh, military outfits. They don't want them to drive Humvees. Um, well, they also, they also wanted a social, social worker to come out with it and have a social worker defuse the situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, personally, I'd, I'd rather have the policeman there. No I mean, offense, Stacy, but I'd rather have Joe on those calls than you. <laughs> Listen, if we if we get a call and I need backup, I call the police. Yeah, I'm not going by myself. Right. So let me. I'll tell you how silly that and then common sense out the window when we talk about legislature and, and you know your your government, state government also is that Ohio passed a law not too long ago that you cannot um, handcuff a pregnant woman. Um, whether she's six months after giving the birth of a child, still or six weeks after, you still can't handcuff her. Um, and then if you do, if it's absolutely necessary, necessary for you to handcuff this lady, you have to call her doctor and ask him if it's okay. But some people, how would you even know if she had a baby? Because right. some people, and you don't. But right. that's the kind of laws that we're dealing with right. right now. Yeah, that's why I ask you that question. Do you see stuff like this coming down? Because I see. You know, most of our lawmakers are just. Well, and as I, we said this before, this is the playbook. Um, just look at uh, look at Cuba, look at Venezuela, look at all these countries that went that direction. One of the you know the playbook is you know first thing, take the guns away, mm-hmm. and, and it'll probably end up happening here in this country. Either that, or we're going to have a revolt over the the fact that people yeah so so they take the guns away and then then what you have you have a a, your your electorate or citizens can't defend themselves well i've said this before and i I know you don't want to hear this but in all actuality the government has already taken our guns away you know why because they've taken our ammunition away what good is it to buy a brand new car if you don't have gas to put out yeah we're about at that point. Everybody kind of looks at this <laughs> You're right. like You're right. the government is going to take my gun. They're not going to take your gun. They're going to take your ammunition. Yeah. We've already seen that. We have. You're right. right. You're right. How many times have you, have you say, man, I got a gun, but I can't even afford ammunition to put in it? Or you yeah. can't find it. There's a or limit. you can't find it. Right. Mm-hmm. We went to, um, <clears throat> my daughter lives in Charleston, South Carolina, and me and my son-in-law went into um, Palmetto, Palmetto Armory, mm-hmm. and uh, says, one box Per per caliber, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. per person, <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, you know, it's like, are you kidding me? And to me, I mean, you 
society and, and citizens like us should be throwing a fit over that. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's how they control your gun. A if lot of gonna, places won't even let you buy ammunition unless you buy that type of gun in their store. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. If, if you think the government's going to control your gun, they've already controlled your ammunition, so we should be throwing a fit about that also. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Interesting. Wow. And something that you touched on, too, is uh, it's the the narrative with the mainstream media, with, with Obama and Holder that you spoke of, it, it's it, the relationship between, you know, Joe Citizen and Joe Ross, you know, uh, you know that is that's the the wedge that that's the that's the plan too. Well, society, you know, is um, society is no longer you're no longer accountable for what you do. Um, and I, when I, the reason I say that is is if if you do something wrong, you can always blame somebody else in these days. You know what I mean? Um, every time somebody done something wrong, it's well because you know well I shot this guy down the street because you know well he shot three other guys. Or, you know, or when I go to my house doing my job now, I'm like, you need to clean your house. Well, what about him? That's the first thing I hear. And it got to that point in police work when I'm here, like, you know, I'm here because you guys are having a loud party, this and that. And the first thing I always heard, well, what the guy down the road right there? Yeah. Why'd you pull me over? That car yeah. just passed me going faster than I was going. Yeah. You guys <laughs> can ride all kinds of stop signs. You didn't arrest him. And right. that's the, and society the is perfect one I heard on that was uh, the cop said, have you ever been fishing? Do you catch every fish in the pond? That's right. <laughs> there you go. That's a good analysis. Yeah, yeah I like that. Maybe. Dane's on it. Did you aim that toward me? Uh, could have been. <laughs> been shut out every time yeah. I go. My I, wife even outfished me. <laughs> I just think in today's society, everybody's entitled. Um, you know, there's no respect yeah. for not just police. Um, and you can ask Stacy. There's no respect for anybody. Parents, parents, bosses, anybody in, in right. you know in authority. Mm-hmm. Um, if right. your kids get in trouble at school, then yeah. you know it's it's not his fault. It's right. the teachers for doing something wrong. What would uh, what Coach Davis done to you? <laughs> I had Lambert, so I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, wouldn't work too well, would it? No, no. no. And but we don't have that anymore. You know what I'm saying? You're right. That's what I'm saying. You know, you're right. Every kid right. gets a trophy now. You know, and every kid gets to play. And there's no more cutting people off teams. And you know everybody's entitled right. uh, that's just the way it goes yeah and they grow up believing that uh you know when you when you convince a five or six year old that he's entitled and he's not responsible for any actions and you blame the actions on everybody around you when he gets to be 18 and 19 he goes into a school and shoots 16 19 kids yeah. because it's not my fault have right. they ever even said what the motive was or what this kid did in Texas, like prior to shooting his grandmother, have they released that? Rhonda was telling me that his friend came on and said he wasn't bullied. He was the bully, mm-hmm. um, and nobody, nobody, you know, called him out on it. Nobody did anything to him. So this whole bullying narrative, which you know, I know bullying's uh, real. It happens to kids. I mean, that are bullied, but apparently that's not the narrative either. That's just what I've heard. That's not you know. You know, you hear everything. The internet's full of that stuff. That they, uh, I actually heard that he wasn't a trans. You know, where there was pictures right after it happened, mm-hmm. showing him in a dress or something mm-hmm. like that. They said yeah. that wasn't real. So, right. I mean, not that it matters. I mean, yeah, they, it does matter, right? Uh, it just amazes me that you know people these days do not value their life. Life means nothing to these people. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. a disposable society. It is. I mean, you you know, you got a. Uh, I tell people all the time when they would say they're going to commit suicide. I said, you you know, you're you're going to do a, a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Right. And, and that's these people, they don't value their lives. You know, most of these people are mom and dad is, with the drug epidemic. You know, dad's in prison, mom's in prison, and states contested this. So many people, you know, the grandma's raising her kids or the aunt's raising her kids, yeah. and you know, they got to work, and they're out running the streets, and, and nobody wants them. And the, and uh, the grandmothers and grandparents are starting to be part of that equation, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we had uh, um, Andy on here. Ballard Mm -hmm. and he was saying that too you know that grandmas and grandpas are now starting to either sell them sell the drugs or do the drugs and I mean it's becoming it's coming at and you you said that you know we we got to a point where you know we respected each other's lives and it's got people who didn't respect the lives around them now it's the point they don't even they don't even care about Mm -hmm. their own and you know we had people and it's hard to believe that you take a child and um, take this child and try to call around to find somebody to take this child and no one wants this child yeah. no family members no relatives number right. 
Right. No, no nothing. And that's just hard for us to comprehend. You know, we was raised up in the family coalition there, but that's the kind of the society we're in right now. We can't even find parents or we can't find relatives to take custody of a kid. I mean, it's, yeah. it's crazy. It's terrible. And it's just a little little town, you know, big we cities are... We should do a show just on that. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. you know, yeah, Ironton... Right. Mostly drug-related. Yeah. Ironton is a 90%. crazy, crazy town. And everybody thinks Ironton, oh, it's just a little Ironton. But I'm telling you, I've witnessed probably everything that we've witnessed in a big city. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got Portsmouth down this road. We've got Huntington up here. A lot right. of uh, people from Detroit with the drug traffic coming in. And it's crazy fentanyl. You know, it's just affecting everybody. So, yeah. yeah, you know, we've we've had the murders, we've had the robberies and rapes and everything down there. You just don't hear about them like you do on national news. But, right. I mean, uh, you know, it, it's I handled everything down there. It's crazy. <clears throat> right. That's what I said at the very beginning. You know, you have, you know, it, the the tri-state area is big. You had some influx from Huntington and mm-hmm. Portsmouth. I didn't even think about Portsmouth. Good grief. Yeah. I forget how many ODs that Lawrence County's already had this year. It's just Look at crazy. all the drugs. Then when they come from Detroit, they come right down through Columbus to Ironton to get to Huntington. They're, they're right through here. Right. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And they actually started dealing out of the South Point hotels to keep from going to Huntington. And then they put a, well, I, anyway, we'll go. We'll talk about something like that. They have painted the one hotel, I noticed, up here that might help. You think it painted it helped yeah, it? I think it helped it. Really? Yeah. The halfway painted hotel. The, the, the windows are painted. <laughs> I think he was being. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> got the target right I there. got that. <laughs> yeah. Legit. If you had to do it all over again, would you would you, would you go the same route with law enforcement? Uh, gosh, I probably wouldn't, um, to be honest with you. Um, at the end of my career, I know I was getting done. Um, I had seen a lot of stuff. Um, a lot of things had affected me as I get older that didn't affect me when I was in my 20s and 30s when I was a young police <laughs> yeah. officer. Yeah. Um, most of it with the kids uh, that still haunts me to this day. Some of the things I've seen with the kids that, you know, it's just, mankind is is a crazy creature, I'm telling you. It's just, you know, I could tell you some stuff and you'd be like, there's no way to tell you down that, you know what I mean? Right. Uh, but, you know, as I get older in, in, in life and, you know, I... I'm around kids, you know, it really affects me um, um, seeing uh, the stuff that I've seen and then, um, you know, trying to live my life and forget about the things I've seen. Um, Jamie always, Jamie Pruitt always told me that, you know, the eyes, will, uh, the soul never forgets what the eyes have seen. And I truly believe that. Um, yeah. It's just uh, something that you can't, I'll live with the rest of my life. Um, and probably never get over it. But no, I would. I wouldn't want to be a police officer. I wouldn't want uh, any of my kids or family to be a police officer. Looking back now, just because of stuff I've went through and, and the the memories and the feelings I've got now. Yeah. You know. Well, I know we all. I speak for me. I mean, we we thank you for that. It used to be a noble profession, like school teachers. Did sure. You, dude, you, there you could not pay me to be a school teacher these days. No. And I mean, I mean, you know, or or a police officer. Mm-hmm. I mean, more so a school teacher, but, you know, it's uh, and that's another way how society has changed. Well, I think, you know, working at the agency up there with uh, Stacy and Dane all of them, I mean, it, I mean, and Dane can contest this. We, you know, he, people has no respect for anybody. I mean, you work at Walmart, they don't have respect for you anymore. It doesn't matter what, you know, it's just got bad with the police and the teachers and everything. But, I mean, we deal with people like that all the time that... You know, it's amazing. Uh, years ago, you uh, a person show up to work and they got purple hair and the piercings and all that stuff. Those guys never got a job. Right. Those are the people we're hiring now. Right. I mean, not we as, I mean, we in general society. I mean, you show up and, and there's there's some companies that, that doesn't care about what your drug screen says. As long as it's not meth, they'll still hire you. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, where do we lower that bar that how's it how's it getting lower at this point what one generation tolerates um very little of the next will tolerate in excess Mm -hmm. i mean it's was better said but that's basically what it is i I hate to say it but it's our generation's kids that's acting like this you know we didn't i didn't teach my daughter like that you know what i mean yeah Um, no no and those are the ones that are acting like that yeah Crazy. I don't know where we went wrong, but it's the wrong turn somewhere. Yeah, it's it's a good. That's probably another podcast. You know where it's probably complex. You know, it's probably not one simple answer, but I bet we could find it. Oh, I can give you the answer, but we'll go another day. On <laughs> we'll go another day on it. All right. Um, 
Well, um, can we wrap this up? And man, I'd love for you to come back on here. We won't talk. Uh, we won't talk about. Uh, go ahead. Was you no, gonna say something? Oh, no, okay. I uh, my sister from Alabama said that we should uh, actually say our name at the end of the show. She's just now started listening. Oh, you know, we've been this been doing this for almost a year now. Or Lombard. six months. <laughs> no, tied. Do what? What did you say? Our names? Yeah, just mention our names at the end of the podcast. But we haven't said this for a while. We should uh, encourage people to like us and follow us and all that stuff. Cause, right, Facebook. Uh, makes a difference if you want to do a review on different things. Yes. Uh, talking about um, some some of these, uh, like what uh, Spotify has uh, reviews, uh, Apple, iPlay, iPod, whatever that's called. What it, all platforms is there? Uh, well, it's that. Google uh Google Podcast. Mm-hmm. Can, I mean, just about any podcast, any uh, place, any platform you can find us. The only thing we're limited on and we don't have very much on is the uh, iHeartRadio. iHeartRadio. Yeah. Heart I've been wintering with that, and it, it, they want you to pay a premium to put them on there, and all these other ones do it for free. So uh, that's one reason I haven't done it. Yeah. But anyway. Well, I just want to ask Joe one more question real fast. Okay. How many times you run 37 trap that day? <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know, Joe went to, we went to, uh, we're the same age, same class. We, uh, our schools played against each other back in the day. And Joe was, how many yards you, man, I don't even know. Do you even care any, at this point you anymore? You were fighting for that little brown jug. Yeah. We were. That, that little brown, I, I never, I never saw it. You didn't? I no. thought we were going to. And I told Joe before, before we got on here, I said, man, we had you. He said, you got to play four quarters. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, we're talking about something that happened back in 1984, you know, between Colbert and Chesapeake. And, you right. Know, it, I mean, and, and I guess I it's funny that you mentioned this because Coach Lucas, my coach, would, when he was in the locker room before the game, he'd said, you know, you're going to play this game and you're going you're gonna to graduate from high school and, and, and 25 and 30 years from now, you're gonna, still going to be talking about this game with people that you work with and people that you see. And he thought, you're nuts. Here we are. Here we are. Here we yeah. are in 2022, still talking about the game. The game in 83, yeah. yeah. We, uh, that was good, though, man. But it's, man, it's great to see you after all these years. Yeah, we'll definitely have you back on here. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely come back and enjoy myself. Thank you guys for having me. And Appreciate uh, it, man. Thanks, Thanks. All right, thank Thanks. you. Toodles.